Karibu AMG Realtors. We have specialized in selling of land across the country in areas like Nanyuki, Naivasha, Nakuru, Juja, Kagunda Road, Malindi and the Abadeas. Contact us today for land investment solutions and have your title deed delivered within 60 days upon completion of payment. SMS AMG to 402-99 or call us on plus 254-748-229-941. AMG Realtors, we don't just deal in land, we deal in value. I really appreciate your time and you know just being here on, on the show with me on the We Don't Play podcast show. How's everything going with you? Pretty good. It's Friday. I'm uh, planning on uh, taking a nap after this. Uh, <laughs> Friday afternoon. Uh, just uh, hanging out, promote my new book, and uh, talking about everything that goes on there. Amazing. Amazing. I would love people to like know more about you and like who is Chris? You know, you know who is Chris Voss? What does he do? It really depends on which personality I'm running today. Uh, there's about seven or eight different personalities. Uh, uh, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, I've been a CEO of my own company since I was 18, about 35 years. Uh, I've been on the Forbes uh, uh, top 50 for uh, rockstar inner influencers. Um, I've owned lots of different companies, mortgages, real estate, stock market, uh, mall retailing, computer sales, clothing lines. I mean, you, you name it. We've uh, been into everything. Um, and uh, yeah, I've run a lot of companies. I decided to write a book that would share uh, my entrepreneurial experience, journeys, and lessons that I had. Some of the kind of crazy stories that came out of my uh, experience as an entrepreneur and uh, take them down the road to people and uh, see if they see if they can use them to help them as well. Definitely. I love that. You know, now that you've even mentioned it, now I'm thinking, how how did it all start? You know, the entrepreneurial mindset. <laughs> you know, people are like, how did, it, how did you start this? You know, that's usually the fun part. Well, let me tell you a story. Um, I was kind of an accidental entrepreneur back when I was growing up uh, a millennial ago or something. I'm very old, uh, 54. Uh, but when I was growing up at 18, there was a lot of people talking about being an entrepreneur. I didn't even know what that was. And uh, I was working at McDonald's, flipping burgers being a cook in the back. And uh, one of the guys who was the manager there, Utah is a very religious state, um, ultra religious state, if you will. And I was uh, kind of a young, long haired uh, rock and roll kid uh, who was always wearing rock concert t-shirts from, you know, Van Halen or Judas Priest or Ozzy Osbourne or whatever. And he, he just really did not like me. He took a shine to me. And uh, one day he was badgering me and bullying me and told me that I had to cut my long hair and it wasn't appropriate for being a cook and working at the store. So I was not willing to cut my hair because, you know, hair is an identity. And uh, I said to, and I took a look at the women who were in the shop and uh, they had hair nets. And so I asked one, I said, you know, how does that work? And they Hey, buy one. So I bought a hairnet and put it up when I would come to work every day. I'd put it up underneath my little McDonald's hat there. And he was all smug of the fact that he'd uh, somehow called me into um, submission for his will. Uh, and I don't know, uh, whatever. And uh, so I got away with it for, I don't know, a few weeks. And then one day he caught me pulling my hair out and he hit the roof and he fired me. 
because I'd violate his order, you know, because God knows never violate a McDonald's burger order. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess in his mind, it was, a, it was, you know, I don't know, it should, where I should be at the Hague with some sort of crime against humanity, but that was him. And uh, so I was fired. I went home and I said to my father, uh, I was supposed to go to college within a year or two and uh he goes what are you gonna do you can't sit around here you know this is different like the old days um and uh i said i don't know well over the course of my childhood and youth i had worked for my father's company his small little stucco subcontracting company cement business um in the summers and kind of whenever he needed us to work for him we'd go work for him make a couple bucks and we'd learn how to plaster foundations plaster and do stucco and i knew how to do it really well because i'd spent so much time helping my dad you know that was the era where your mom kicked you out of the house and said don't come home till the street lights come on and i yell you do you for dinner uh we were the gen x generation so we raced my street lights basically um and fresh air so uh i learned the business and he said you know i still have like you know all the stuff in the back all the parts and pieces you know i still have the accounts at uh, the builder supply company i haven't worked with anybody in years he, you know he moved on to something else and uh but if you want to just go do that business you can make some money you know you know how to do it and i didn't know that i was becoming an entrepreneur i didn't know i was starting a business i was just kind of excited oh i get to put my business on that thing on a card i titled the company the same that my dad had and uh just started doing business um and it was kind of scary uh at first because i was a young kid going out and uh telling people hey um hire me to do your foundations and they're like this kid doesn't know anything he's just barely out of high school and i'm like no i i guarantee you and i wrote i wrote about this in my book i i gave them a guarantee i said i said uh if you like my work try me if you don't like my work don't pay me and when you say the words don't pay me to contractors they get really excited about that because they don't like to pay anyone um at least the old ones uh, in the back in the day were just these these kind of bearish type people so um so they're like okay i'll take your bet and uh, I went and did my job and earned their business and uh, off I went. And that's how I became an entrepreneur with my first company at the age of 18. Within three months, and I tell this story in the book, within three months, I was uh, went back and shook the hand of the gentleman who was working there, thanked him for changing my life and firing me and told him i now make eighteen thousand dollars a year which is more than you make at mcdonald's and thank you for firing me because you've given me the greatest blessing you have your you know guy i can want uh and he was in shock of course and it was funny and of course i still had long hair <laughs> i left that part of the book that's why i should put that in but uh uh you know to me living at home with my parents and eighteen thousand dollars a year 35 years ago was it wasn't too bad of a gig considering you don't have any debt or anything you know you're 18 years old you're like yeah i'm rich <laughs> um so uh it was pretty cool for the time and that's how i became an entrepreneur wow that's beautiful and that's unique too honestly because you don't hear that every day yeah i didn't even know i was an entrepreneur i was just like i don't know i have a business card in a company i don't know i'm the ceo of and the janitor at all at the same time <laughs> you know that is huge that is very inspiring because 
you know, in today's world, we have a lot of entrepreneurs, like the word is being flamed left and right. Like, yeah. you know, so when you think about the value of an entrepreneur today and what the, the groundwork, you know, the, the level of diligence and dedication they have to take, the time, the patience, they don't really think about those things, ups and downs. How does someone think about those things and have that thought leadership in mind when they're not, you know, trying to figure out everything on their own? Most definitely. You know, I mean, it's good now that there's a lot of entrepreneurs. It's good now that it's a very more common thought process. And so um, when I I had someone on my show one time and I was struggling with my book and the editing and putting it all together, the structure, um, you know, you go through that cathartic process when you write a book and um, you go in and out of jams and you're stuck and you're like, should this part be there? And, and I was going through some of it and I had uh, a book author on my show, on my podcast. And she said, she said, let me tell you something. She goes, you're trying to get a message out and this is going to help somebody. This is going to help somebody really important or a lot of people that really need to hear your message. And you're going to come across, they're going to come across your book at the time that they need this most and they're going to hear your message and you're going to help them she said uh you know years ago i was at a book signing and i met uh, a gal who came before me and told me that she used to be in prison uh for some offensive sentences and she had found my book in the prison library and uh in finding uh my book that all the women in the prison were sharing the book and it was helping inspiring them lift them up and make them want to do more with their life and get out of prison and 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 live a better life uh and she she was shocked she didn't know that there were so many people that were like really being helped by her book and so now she keeps a copy a picture of that young lady um on her desktop and she writes that person and so she told me she goes you need to realize there's somebody out there who needs this book it's not you're not doing this for yourself you're doing this for that person and so that really uh resolved and steeled my mindset to get the book done and i hope that there's strategies in there or tips and tricks or at least entertaining stories of, of adversity that i overcame uh that will inspire people and uh if not it makes for a great uh table stand if you got one short leg in your dining room table first of all i i want to highly commend <laughs> i want to highly commend the cover it's really beautiful like and it's simple because yeah. you know simplicity is complex and yeah i want to keep it you know light as well thanks that was a whole different catharsis too is making the cover and I, I couldn't get the cover I wanted, and uh, it just seemed to be an endless uh, uh, pit of money, you know, trying to find an artist that would make it for me. Uh, I couldn't even get close. And then finally, I did what I do with all my companies. I just said, all right, if I don't, I, I'm not an artist, but if I don't take the damn reins on this, it's not going to get done. So I went through and picked out some of my favorite books, got my vision going of what I wanted to see based on upon some other people's books. And then I just cut paste, sent this extraordinarily ugly cut paste, scrap, poorly Photoshop picture to the artist that I, I thought could pull it off. And I said, "Look, just take this and do this." And he did, and he actually did a better job. Um, but he, he, you know, my my vision for it nailed it out of the park, and it, it all came together. 
Amazing. That's beautiful. And you know what really strikes out to me mostly is the way the light in the middle of the book is shining and it's such in a really it's Thanks. like it's the detail. Yeah. That was mine as well too. I I said yeah, originally he'd put it in his black and I said no, it, there, that needs to be a light. And then I and then I wanted the little three lights on the outside of it too to really indicate that it was light. And uh, there was a lot of back and forth in this book. It was almost as cathartic as some of my businesses going through a process of, of a battle uh, to find the cover. Because, I mean, the cover is important. Uh, you know, it's what really sells the book. So uh, I'm glad people like it. It was funny. Uh, originally, we had it up as an A-B test and people didn't like it. They liked the other one better. And I didn't like the other one better. And then as soon as I chose this one, everyone liked it. <laughs> so in hindsight it is better than the original one too so yeah you know sometimes that that, <laughs> that actually brings a, a good point <laughs> because when you think about focus groups and planning and doing research and you want to know you want to develop the plan when you think about the longevity and you're like this is what people think and it's like no this is what the consumer needs to experience so it's like a tough yeah. war in between the two points that's very true you really nailed it you know the one thing I realized was I'm going to have to look at this book for the rest of my life. Once I publish it, I'm going to have to look at that cover. And if it's a cover I hate, I'm just, I'm going to be miserable for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I'm just going to be like, I really hate that cover. And well, I, I self-published and a lot of people don't know when you publish with big publishers, many times they will pick the cover for you. You don't get a choice. Um, <laughs> I've had authors on the show privately talk to me in the green room. They're like, yeah, I don't, I don't like the cover of my book, but it's what they, it's what they paid for. It's what they want. And I'm like, really? That would suck. I mean, I, I would never want to spend the next 10 years looking at a book that I hated, cover hated. Um, but you know, that's the thing. It, it's, it's personally designed by me and as in the book. So, you know, that kind of adds that special Chris Voss touch of also being that part of me, whatever that means. I don't know. Yeah, this is golden. This is highly golden because, like, I think about the innovation part of it, and that's also what is in, you know, the copy of your book too. When you think about innovation, you know, people hear it, but they just think, okay, yeah, I can innovate something so that I can do the rocket ship. But when you now think about innovation and being yourself and being authentic, how does someone like take this book and say, okay, this is my goal, this is the target, and this is what I want to do for 2022? Well, hopefully it's a it's number one it's the experience so the book is kind of twofold one i talk about leadership and the beacons of leadership and if you've ever seen a lighthouse it's a beacon usually on a point a hill it's a beacon that shines forth that influences everything it, it's a warning signal to ships it's a it's a it's a it's a light in the darkness and then the fog it's something that people look to as you know sometimes as a waypoint okay well i know north's over here because the lighthouse is here and what i equated to is that a leader is much like a lighthouse he's a beacon a CEO is a beacon, a parent is a beacon, whoever, wherever you are in your world, you can be a leader. And that's why I talk about the, in the book and you are a beacon to the followers or the people that you're, that you're responsible for. And you need to recognize number one, that you're a leader, the people are looking to you, but also that you have the, um, you have the responsibility to be a, a great leader 
to those people and influence them. And so the leader signs light that sends forth his message and and communicates to uh, the followers of of him of what his his uh, truth is, um, whether or not he's a trustful leader, his communication, his values, or the organizational's values. Um, and it communicates all that. So I use that kind of metaphor, if you will, to um, kind of put that in people's minds. So the first part of the book, I talk about my top five things that I think you have to have a leader in the order of importance that I felt that, that in my opinion, you had to have based upon my experience. And uh, uh, I've, I've kind of liked how it turned out. So the first one, uh, the first one is... Uh, the first one, Beacons of Leadership, it talks about um, how to have a passion uh, for leadership and how to have a passion as a leader. So passion for me is the number one principle, because if you can't infect people with passion, if you can't inspire them, if you can't motivate them, you know, you can't really do anything else. Um, vision and innovation, I put as number two. So you've got to be a visionary. You've got to be able to innovate. You've got to be able to paint a vision of a future that people want to go to that people want to follow you into you know you you say we're going this way and we're going to build this and we're going to do it yay you know if you're an nba coach you go we're going to take the championship we're going to win the you know this year whatever it is um fourth i put honesty integrity and trust so you've got to be someone that people can believe in that you're honest that you have integrity you have trust you have their best interests at heart uh, communication and selling is another. You've got to be able to communicate your message and sell it to people to get them to subscribe to it. And of course, six character. And there's a lot of different things that go into character. So I, I start out the book leading with that. And then I go into another part of the book that gives you my leadership toolbox, which is a lot of like little axioms that I used to have to innovate and uh, be successful. And then part four, I go into some of the details, uh, stories of my life. With lots of different lessons that people can learn and adventures and overcoming some pretty dark moments so people can go wow that guy survived that I, I can probably survive what i'm going through hopefully that's beautiful because you know it's like each one teach one and mm -hmm. it really helps because it builds a community that we can be safer together and be more impactful you know at a much larger scale because these are key characteristics that when you hear it every day you're like okay i know how to innovate but when you really look within and you see that this is a story that i'm going to tell someone that they're going to feel impacted by it helps it's like when your dad tells you a story when your grandfather or grandmother tells you a story you take that story to heart so it's like when you hear someone's story that is impacting them then it makes you feel like you're part of that story and you can build your own story through their story so it's most definitely most definitely yeah, it's it's a uh, it's something I hope inspires somebody. I've had a couple people have, have written me and said that it uh, they read it twice, and I was just like, "Wow, that's uh, pretty powerful." You're impressed that much that you read it twice. A lot of them were starting companies, and so I hope that uh, I hope that helps them. And uh, you know, I mean, I hope it changes the world and makes a difference for people. Definitely. You know, I, I really appreciate that. You know, what would be that one story that you can tell us that there's going to be much, much more stories in the book, but what would be mm -hmm. that one that they'll be like, okay, this is something that I think I can connect with right now. 
Yeah. So uh, one of my one of the interesting stories in the book is I had a best friend who was uh, my best friend for 22 years, uh, business partner for 12, trusted him beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, and uh, over those 10 or 12 years, we started to decline in uh, he had met a girl who was uh, basically our Yoko Ono. Uh, person who decided who started getting in his ear and saying you don't need Chris Voss you can you know you don't need that guy you can go do your other thing you're the vice president you can go do whatever you want and uh, got in his ear filled him with a lot of crap for several years and then eventually he turned on me and uh, I I took in uh, uh, I could tell there was stress in our relationship but we were having stress in our business because he was I was carrying everything and and uh, he wasn't really doing anything at that point. He's really he'd really fried out on being a, a, an entrepreneur. He told me he was like, "I'm just I'm tired of being an entrepreneur. I'm tired of all this. It's a lot of work." And uh, so one day he comes to me, hands me the keys to uh, the, one of the businesses in our little empire he was running, and he says, uh, "He says uh, I'm quitting, and I've sabotaged this business that I run." for us and it's we're not going to make payroll on friday which was three four days away and you're going to miss payroll and it's going to take all the companies into bankruptcy so i can walk away from all the debt that we have and i was aghast and i was floored and he handed me the keys and he threatened to quit the year before as i write in my book and uh i knew that this second time he was he was serious and there was no use fighting with him just go and so I spent the next 48 hours wide awake, um, doing everything I could to understand what he'd done to the company, what the company was doing. It was a company I hadn't run for 10 years, turned over to him, and uh, trying to scramble to figure out how to make payroll um, at the end of the week within three to four days. And uh, everything was on the line, all of our companies, all of our employees. I mean, he just, he just had given up on everybody. So... I did that and in a Herculean effort of just doing like I said about my book, jumping in and just going, I'm not going down this time. Uh, I'm not going out this way. This is the way I'm going out. I'm going to fight tooth and nail to make that payroll marker. And um, uh, by the end of the week, I met the payroll marker, save the companies, save the employees and um, yeah, and then took the companies on from years afterwards, ended up replacing him from his uh, his uh, five-figure monthly salary with a $2,500 secretary. That's how much work he was doing for a company. And uh, so in the end, I won. And uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a time. It was like Caesar getting knifed in the back <laughs> by wow. your best friend you love the most in the world. And... And, uh, you know, on top of that, it was loss of a friend and someone I trusted ex explicitly. So it was, it was quite the betrayal. It was almost like a divorce, only we were just, you know, two good friends. But uh, it was, it was painful. It was like losing somebody that, and, and I went through a process where I had thought that him, us being his business partners had, we were like the magic juice that had made things work. And uh, fortunately, I was going through a cathartic uh, time with it and realized that I had been the, I mean, all along, I'd been the CEO who'd, who'd been kicking ass.
hasn't taken names and I need him. So quite extraordinary. Wow. That's deep. It was it was quite deep. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about all the people that would, you know, entrust, you know, in someone or, you know, find confidence in someone and then get that kind of treatment. So it's it's really like a way to show that leadership is like you have to prepare for all these hats. Even if you don't have them, you probably have to create one to make one. Yeah, that's a really good way of saying it because I was having to create a lot of hats sometimes in, in a lot of emergency situations. Wow. Yeah, this book definitely, I want <laughs> everybody to get this book. Definitely. How how can they get it if they're looking for it now? What are the possible? Uh, you can easily go to Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, it's at Barnes & Noble. Uh, I think you'll have to order off the website at Barnes & Noble. Uh, Apple Books, it's on Apple Books, Google Books. You name it, if there's a bookstore, it has it. I remember seeing it for the first time when it was up for pre-sale. It was for sale in Japan. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I'm like, it's not in Japanese, but I hope they like it. <laughs> That's the influence we're talking about, you know, yeah. beyond you. Yeah, I should have put a sushi story in there or something. <laughs> that might be a Japanese edition, you know, for all these. Yeah, I might have to make yeah. a special. Exactly. Maybe, maybe on the cover, I'll put like a Japanese. You know, <laughs> exactly. Wasabi of leadership. Right. <laughs> wow, Chris, this has been amazing. I really appreciate your time and just joining the We Don't Play podcast show and being a part of today's discussion. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. It's been fun. Yeah, you're welcome. If there's a way they can reach out to you specifically, you know, what are the options they have and where can they, you know, stay connected? Uh, go to the com. You can see on my podcasts over there. You can order the book from Amazon. I believe there's a link on the Chris Voss show. You can order the book from Amazon if you want. Uh, order the book uh, wherever you can. Uh, you know, let me know if you like it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from everybody and let me know if you don't like it. I don't know. Send it to me and tear it in half and say, I hate your book. <laughs> at least, the, at least it'll be feedback. I'll be like, wow. Okay. All right. Well, here's, here's your uh, 20 bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet to have someone tell me they hate my book. It'll be funny when someone finally does. I'm not encouraging that by the way, but, uh, <laughs> It will be funny because the first person who tells me on my face, I'll be like, yeah, you're the first person here. Let me autograph that for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is so true. And definitely I'll make it easier for the listeners too, because it'll be available in the show notes for them to click on. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, you're most welcome. I really appreciate you. And I definitely look forward to connecting with you soon. Sounds good. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.